0: Um, understanding the covenant we have with God through Christ. And so um, this is the last time we're going to read together, at least I think so anyways, this portion of scripture. And so I would love for you to join in with me as we read this scripture so that we can get it down into our heart just as a reminder. Okay, you're ready, set, read. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope that is set before us. We have... This as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. For some reason, my mind is stopped um, at verse 18. And I was like, oh, okay. And I saw it up there and I'm like, oh man, I need to have read more. Sorry about that. Okay. So hey, so we've been in this series, been focusing on the blood covenant again through the, the contract that God made with us through our relationship with Jesus. And really it's for us to gain really confidence in, in the integrity of God's word. Right? Because we've got to get to that point where we totally are sold out and totally believe that God's word is true. I've got to live by it. I'm not going to just let it be something that is just kind of attached to my life in a way that's like a kite. right? Because we can have a kite attached to us. We can put a kite right there and the kite's way kind of flying away and thing. And it's kind of going like this and all over the place. But see, what we want is we want faith that is concrete. We want faith that is attached to us so closely right? That man, it's not wavering in the wind. It's not flying around. It's not going up and down and all over like that. And then you got to run to position yourself and move and boom back and forth like that. No, we want it to be so concrete and so right next to you to the point where, man, it's just easy. It's easy to walk out God's word. It's easy to have, know that God is a God who keeps his word because he gave us an oath. He swore that, you know what? I am making a covenant with you, Abraham. And this covenant is also for your seed, right? The generations to come. And that, that is us because of our relationship with Jesus. So again, if you missed any of the podcasts, if you may, or the messages, uh, listen to the podcast or, you know, um, Go through this workbook that we've been passing out. Uh, it's got a ton of information, uh, scriptures, things for you to study and get deeper in. And then also, um, you know, if you're interested, we still have, um, I think, a couple more books. of um, uh, The book that we've kind of based some of this on uh, called God Swears uh, to Keep His Promises. Okay, so today's message is entitled Endurance, the Queen of All virtues, okay? Endurance, the queen of all virtues. Now, the queen is not, you know, Freddie Mercury or any of the queen, the band, right? I'm not talking about that. But it's the queen of all virtues virtues and we'll get into that a little more but turn your bibles into hebrews chapter 10 verse 35 and 39 and as you're doing it i know you can pray at the same time because you are multitaskers you got it what it takes okay so hebrews chapter 10 verse 35 through 39 but let me pray holy spirit help us to understand and help us to grow in endurance when it comes to the things of God in our life. Okay. So Hebrews chapter 10 verse 35 through 39. And before we look at this portion of scripture. Before we actually read it. I want to like kind of give us a kind of a background. A little bit of understanding why the actual writer. Which they believe is Paul. But it's not 100% confirmed. But that why this writer wrote this to the, the people. Um, to the church. Okay. And really. The reason why is because I don't think we're that much different than, than them, right? Sometimes um, I, I maybe, maybe you don't do this, but sometimes I know that I can kind of separate myself and think, well, that was back then and this is now, right? And then, man, it's a totally different ball game. So it really kind of doesn't apply too much because that was back then and this is now and I got my own now problems or my own now situations, right? You guys got now situations, yeah, all of us do. So sometimes I, I, I tend to separate. But see, I don't think there's that much difference because he's writing to the believers who were facing hardships, who were facing situations and things. They were suffering for their faith. Yet, all during that time, they still held firm to their belief in God's promises. They had been believing for God to turn their, their tragedies and setbacks uh, into victories Listen, for years, not just days, right? Because all of us have situations, things that we, we are praying for or encountering that, you know, it doesn't happen right away. You ever had that happen where it's just not instant, but you're like, man, I've got to keep going. I got to keep toiling. I got to keep, you know, tilling the ground, doing all those things as I pray to ask God to kind of move. Well, man, they're, they're in the same boat. They have Years. They've been declaring years that they have begun to to wonder, man, you know what? Is God really gonna come through? Is God really gonna make this happen? Is God really gonna do it? So here they are, they're publicly declaring, they're laying claim to the promises of God's word for, for their personal lives, yet the results weren't forthcoming, okay? And they were growing weary. Thus, they were feeling tempted. I don't know if you've ever felt tempted to toss away that prayer request, toss away that desire. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I've been praying for my Uncle Fred forever. and Uncle Fred, eh, man, just walks away, doesn't even want Jesus in his life, just keeps pushing it away. I think I'm going to give up. Or maybe it's some other area of your life where, man, you just, you're, you're tired You're just, you're toiling. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if this is ever going to happen, right? And I think with like, you know, some of us, sometimes, you know, we look at him, we think, man, is God ever going to turn my mourning into joy? Is he going to turn my ashes into beauty? Is he going to come through? How much longer do I have to wait for the promises of God to come to pass in my life. Because we live, and you know this, we live in a more instant fast food mentality. Like, man, you know, we want to go through McDonald's and we want to go through quick. We don't want the slow workers, right? We don't want those ones, oh my gosh, come on, hurry up. And I don't know what it is about McDonald's, but McDonald's always seems like, well, 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 when I used to go, I don't go anymore because of my, my health, but it always seemed like, you know what? I'd get to the door. They could give me a couple things, but then I had to drive up and wait. And then, you know, someone runs out. Oh, we're so sorry. Here you go like this. I'm like, give me a free coupon or something because I had to wait, right? Because I'm impatient. I want it now, right? It happens in going in Starbucks, man, too. That Starbucks is crazy sometimes. They take so long to make a coffee. I don't, I don't get it. All right. Now, the if you listen to this Starbucks, you're great. Okay. Just want you to know, <laughs> I don't want to show up next to, there's a guy that works in our Baxter one, uh, up by our house up there. And his name's Richard, one of the greatest guys in the world. And so if Richard, if you're listening, which I doubt you are, but if you are, man, I love your brother. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> just, you know, got to make sure I'm, I'm working that in. All right. But I don't know about you, but have you ever wondered about that? Have you ever thought those thoughts? Have you ever thought, like, man, you know what, I, I, man, is it ever going to happen? Did I read God's word wrong? I heard, you know, someone say, or I heard Pastor Scott say, "This is what God promises," but man, I've been standing and it ain't happening. So, am I understanding it wrong? Am I applying it wrong? What am I, what, what am I doing? Okay, so here the writer is writing to encourage our Hebrew, our our, our our people here. I don't know why I keep saying the Hebrew thing, but. Here he is, he's writing this. It says, therefore, ready? Here we go. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence. Now, I'm going to stop right there, okay, for a second. Confidence or boldness. Now, listen to this, which depicts blunt, direct, and straight to the point declarations you made of God's covenant promises, meaning you are holding tight, to what you are believing, okay? So you have to have confidence in God's word. You got to have such a confidence that you're bold about it because God said it in his word. So he says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has what? Great reward. See, you look at that and think, "Uh, really? But he's saying, don't throw it away. Because there is a great reward for those who continue on believing for what God has promised. I did not, I didn't write it. The Bible did. I, 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 I didn't, I, I had no ability to write that. But see, we have to understand that, you know what, we can't just throw it away. We can't push it aside. Okay. It says, for you have need of endurance. Okay. Or patience. So that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Verse 37, for yet a little while and, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But in but right meaning in the meantime, my righteous one shall live by faith. Now listen to this, okay, because this is important. This links it with endurance. Okay? He says, and if he shrinks back, have you ever shrunk back from something you believe in God for? I have just letting you know. Okay. So you're not alone. I don't want you to think, oh, well, pastor God's perfect. And he, he's got it all together. And he's this, Ooh, yeah, it's all good. No, I've shrunk back before. Okay. But he says, and if he shrinks back, this is what it says. Now, now hear this. It's not like he's like you know mad or ticked off. He says, My soul has no pleasure in him, but we but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. Okay? So when we shrink back, all of a sudden now you're vulnerable to allowing the enemy to come in to get you off target. Okay. But of those of but of those who have faith and uh, preserve their souls. So the thing is, is you got to keep your faith active all the time. Okay? So that you're not wavering, you're not getting off of it, you're not shrinking back and throwing away what you're believing God for. See, that's the key. A lot of times what happens is us as people, because it doesn't happen right away, we start shrinking back. We start saying, well, yeah, I don't, uh, I guess it's never going to happen. Who knows? I've been praying for, what was his name? Uncle Bill or Jim, uh, whatever. I've been praying for him for years. But you know what? I don't see it. Nothing's happening. Oh my gosh. So then we have a choice. Do we shrink back? Or do we say, no, I'm going to endure? Am I going to keep moving forward? It could be somewhat, some, something to do with finances. It could be something to do with Healing. It could be something to do with really anything at all. But see, we've got to decide, are we going to shrink back? Or are we going to endure? Now, when we endure, that means, you know what? We've got to have faith, right? It takes faith. Faith needs endurance. It needs endurance. This is why the early church called it the queen of all virtues, And they believed if they possessed this virtue, they could survive anything that ever came against them. If they possessed this virtue. And today, that virtue is is the same key to us, to our victorious living. Endurance. Endurance. Because endurance helps us to outlast the pressures and the situations, and the the things that we're believing God for. If we have endurance. I mean, we encounter a lot of things today. That, man, you know what? We've got to be on our toes. And it says, even in the last days. Man, there's going to be all kinds of weirdness going on. Even within the church. But see, we've got to be aware of what God's word has to say. And what God's word is speaking to us. And so we've got to be able to press into that. But see, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to keep our eyes on the word of God. We need to keep our eyes on the Holy Spirit talking to us. Right? But see, these pressures come and we've got, can't shrink back. Okay? We can't, we can't do it. So, what I want to do is I'm going to unpack this word endurance because this word endurance, actually, yeah, there's two ways endurance is used, okay? Um, now, the first way is, is this. The word endurance in the Greek word hoopomeno? okay? Say that one, hoopomeno. See, there you go. You can impress your kids now or somebody and say, hey, I know a Greek word, hoopomeno. right? It said hupomeno, it's a compound word, and the word hupo means under as to be underneath something. And meno means to stay or to abide. Okay? So together, they convey the idea of staying in one spot, maintaining a position, remaining steadfastly consistent, unwavering and unflinching. You know, the, the slightest thing sometimes we flinch at, right? whoa, right? See, even that, to the point where with, with your faith and with you believing God's promise, how often do you flinch? Because the enemy wants you to flinch. Because he knows if he gets you to flinch, then you know at some point you're going to all the way give in. But see, we got to understand, it is this attitude It's this attitude that declares, I don't care how heavy the load gets or how much pressure I'm under, or man, I haven't seen any movement yet. I am not budging one inch from what God has said, from what God has promised, from what God's word has to say. I'm not budging one inch, right? You got to be like one of those, those jars that, man, you can't open. It's so hard to open, you know. And then you pass it off to your, you know, husband or or whatever. And you say, hey, can you open this? And then your husband's like, oh, yeah, I'm buff. I can do it. And he's like, struggling. And then, you know, it's not budging one inch. You ever encountered a jar like that? Yep. Yeah. And then you got to take the fork or the knife and hit the side of it or put it under the hot water or whatever. And then finally, hopefully, at some point, it does. But see, that's just kind of a, a maybe an odd picture. But, man... It won't budge. It, that's how we have to be with God's word in our heart, with our life. The things that we're standing on, that God's promised to us. Again, it goes back to just basic Christianity. I can't talk you out of the fact that you're saved. You'll say, oh, uh-uh, you ain't changing me, Pastor Scott. I know it. Because it says in God's word, okay. So why can't we do that with other things God's word says? Why can't we? Why can't we be that unbudging? Why can't we be unflinching? Right? So within this word, hupomeno, is the implications that situations will arise in your life. Okay? That's all of us. And what that, those situations will be or try to do, it will try to move you off your targeted goal, okay? Whatever that goal is, whether it's healing, whether it's finances, whether it's salvation, whether it's for a loved one, whether it's, it's whatever it is, we are going to face situations and things that will come that will try to get us off our goal. But see, we have to have endurance, we can't just give in and say, oh, well, that, that, that's, that voice is louder than the voice I, I, I have right now concerning this promise. Because usually when we, de- when we take a promise, that voice is really loud because we feel like God spoke to us and said, man, this is what the promise is. And it's really loud. But see, what happens is over time, if we don't keep feeding and, and watering this faith, then that voice begins to get softer and softer and softer and the enemy's voice gets louder and louder and see it's not working God's not you know around I don't think it's ever going to work but see we have to understand that man we we have the ability with the holy spirit's help to have patience and endurance Working inside of us. We just got to put it to action. We just got to be able to say. I'm not flinching. I'm not flinching off what God is saying to me. Right? It's not throwing it away. Casting it aside. But see we have the ability to outlast. The competitor. That comes and tries to steal. That word away from us. We can outlast him. Right Or any obstacle in our way. Because you know what? God wants you to receive. God wants you to receive the coveted prize of what you're believing for. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that with all my heart concerning the physical things that I deal with. I believe that God wants me to receive it. God wants me to have it. But you know what? It hasn't taken place yet. Fully. I'm still in the walking process. And the enemy comes with a very loud voice. Yeah, see, you still, man, you got problems. You got issues. If you don't, man, if this thing don't change you, you, you're going to end. You're going to die in a short life. But see, I have to then take what God says and said, no, God says I will live and not die. And I will declare the works of the Lord. You hear that wherever you are, right? And the Lord's like, yeah, I hear that. I hear it. He probably heard it too, but the other guy probably ran off and got scared. And said, Oh, well, I ain't messing with him today. Okay? But so, what I want to do then is also take you through to a guy who's a great example, and that's Abraham. Abraham is a great example of, of somebody who had endurance. Here's a guy who had some natural conditions stacked against him, right? Yet, he took God at his word. He took God at his word and he stuck with it. He and Sarah were old right? They, I mean, they were dirt old, okay? Yeah, God says, hey, you're going to have a kid. He's like, what? I got no kids. I'm dirt old. I'm just, no, that's not going to happen, right? At first, because they were beyond childbearing years. Then God tells him, hey, Abraham, leave your country, leave your relatives, and go to a land that I promised you, promise, for you to inhabit, right? But if you ever thought of, think about this, God never told him where the land was. He just said, leave. Leave where you're at and and go. I'm going to give you a land. Where? Ah, you'll find out. We ain't good with that, are we? No, 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 we ain't good. It's like, well, no, you got to tell me where I got to go. No, no, I'm not going to do that. All I want to do is I want to make sure that you're going to follow me no matter what. And I think the thing that even blows my mind is Abraham didn't have a relationship with God before this time. He didn't even know who God was. So God shows up, introduces himself, and tells him, hey, this is what I want you to do. That's crazy if you think about it. So people probably thought, you're going to trust this God. Why, why would you trust this guy? But Abraham was like, man, you showed up. You, you're talking to, oh my gosh. I've never had one of these, you know, uh, uh, we'll pretend this, sorry, an idol. I never had one, one of those idols that I give food to and do whatever to. Talk to me. Yeah, here God shows up and says, Abraham, man, what I want you to do is I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your relatives. I want you to go to a place. Man, I'm not even telling you where it's at. Yeah. But he's like, "Um, okay. So so it's interesting because so he starts to go, right? And we'll read this in just a minute. But then God comes and cuts a covenant with him. And you want to talk about solidifying in his heart? Because that covenant that God cut was binding and um, irrevocable. He knew that. The moment that was cut, he knew exactly when God said, hey, I want you to get the animals. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. He knew, oh my gosh, this God's cutting a covenant with me. And you know what? He can't back out of it. There's no way he can back out of it. So this gave Abraham full assurance that all of the promises that God was making to him, he would be faithful to fulfill it. Even if, even though he couldn't see it in the natural. Yet. See, a lot of times we want to see it in the natural. Well, you know, Lord, man, if you just paint me a picture, if you just give me this beautiful idea of where, what, how, then I'm good. I can walk this journey of faith. God's all, well, you know what? I already have the picture, but I ain't showing it to you. It's kind of like, you know, he, he, he's got that, that, what, what, that, remember those cameras where you click and you go like this and then you got to kind of do this in order to get the picture, right? So kind of like, that we got to step out and the picture's taken, right? But for us, man, we got to wait for the, the picture to develop sometimes. But God's already got the picture. He, I mean, he's got, he's got the digital camera where sometimes we've got the Polaroid camera. But see, we got to be okay with that. We got to say, okay, even if it's a little fuzzy, I'm good because I know you're faithful to keep your promises to me. So let me give you a couple things out of, out of um, this idea of endurance, because really what we want to do is we want to develop the right endurance, right? Because we can have the wrong endurance, One that always shrinks back, flinches, oh, right? So we want to develop the right one. So in order to have the queen of all virtues flowing in our life. So the first thing you have to do, and I know this is simple, but you got to step out in faith, right? Step out in faith. Again, Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 and then verse 4 says this. Man, I, sometimes, I wish I was. It, it was as easy as Abraham did it for me. Because sometimes it's not that easy for me to step out in faith. I'm just being honest. But he says, now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Notice he didn't say, hey, X marks the spot. Here it is. No, he said, I'll, I'll show it to you. Don't worry. But I ain't going to tell you exactly where. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. So that you will be a blessing. You remember? He didn't have any kids. How am I going to have a nation come from me? Then verse 4. The game changer. So Abraham went. As the Lord had told him. I got no, I'm beyond childbearing years, And I have no idea where we're going. Other than God leading us day by day, telling me where to go. But it says, so Abraham went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going. Man, can you imagine doing that to your wife? Honey, we're going out, but we have no idea where we're going. That's crazy. Because you know, like, you know, you just know, right? I'm just going to drop it there. You just know. Because they want to know, they want to, hey man, this is, hey no, let's just be free, right? But here Abraham, not knowing where he was going. Now, I want you to recognize this, none of what God promised would have come to pass in Abraham's life without him obeying, without him stepping out in faith. None of it would have happened. Right? And sometimes for us, I think none of the the promises of God won't happen unless we step out in faith in them. We want them to happen. But we want them to happen just kind of float on in. Without us really having to do any work whatsoever. But God's, oh, no, 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 no. You've got to take a step of faith first. Because you know what? Faith creates. Let me say it again. Faith creates. Creates, right? You think about it. The creation story. What happened? God spoke and light was, right? Faith. Hebrews 11.3. This is in the Passion Translation. It says, Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. You think, well, yeah, okay, that's God. Got it. That's God. God can do that. God can create. God can speak. But, but we have to understand that it goes a little bit further. Romans chapter 4, okay? Romans chapter 4, verse 17 through 21. Remember, God, we think God can do that. God can create. But we have to understand that, you know what? Because we're a child of God and we have faith, then the words that we speak can create as well. Right? Shake your head yes. Yes, Pastor Scott. Okay, good, good, good. Romans chapter 4, 17. It says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. Okay. So that's Abraham believing on God. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So we already know that God's in the business. Right. Of calling things to life that we're all dead. Right. We might have situations in our life that we consider dead. But see, once we put God's word on it. Life can come. All that life can begin, and right, and then what we're doing is taking God's Word, and we're continuing to speak life into it, where life can come. Okay, so it says, again, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed, okay, so you looked at it and go, man, there's no hope, but contrary to it, he believed, right, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. According to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And do and, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver. That's not God. Okay, this is not talking about God right now. It's talking about Abraham. It says he did not waver, right? He didn't have wobbly faith. He didn't flinch, right? He, 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 he just didn't he, didn't, he wasn't unstable in what he believed. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to to perform so did you catch what the result of Abraham's faith of Abraham's faith verse 18 he believed so that he became he believed so that he became abraham got to the point where he believed what god had spoken was true then it says he therefore became That's powerful, right? That's powerful. So without faith, there is no becoming. And you think of it practically. If I don't have faith to believe in Jesus Christ, I can't be saved, right? If I I don't have faith in the power of Jesus, I can't be delivered from addiction, from things that maybe I've got in my life right? If I don't have faith, then I can't be healed the way God wants me healed. So God requires faith in order for you and I to receive his promises. That's just how it works. We've got to have faith. We can't, now listen, we can't approach and declare what God has promised with uncertainty or with, I'll call partial faith. Because sometimes we do that. We have partial faith. Well, I'm I'm going to take your word and I'm going to start praying for whatever it is, my finances. Yet, I'm not willing really to do what's necessary. But God, come on. I need your help. I need you to be there. But God's like, yeah, but you got to do what's necessary. Oh, really? No, you you have to jump all in. And it says, oh, if that's what God said, then that's what I need to do. And, and even if I can't see it yet, or even if I don't know how I'm going to do it, you just do it. And God, God makes up the rest, but that's full faith, not partial faith. I'm going to dip my toe a little bit in the water and that's it, right? He wants the full thing. But see, when we step into full faith, then we can be fully convinced, right? Or, or to carry out fully that what he has promised, he would be able to perform. We'll be fully convinced that God is able to perform what he promised. In our lives, because he wants to do that in our lives. So, look at Abraham. Abraham had no idea when it would come to pass, did he? He had no idea. He just knew that God would keep his promises. And that's where we need to get. We need to get there with God and say, man, you know what? I'm stepping out in faith. I'm living my life based on those promises instead of what the opinion of the world offers. Because the opinion of the world will always be opposite of what God promised, what God wants you to do, right? My parents thought I was crazy for coming out to North Carolina when we first came out here. Why? And then you had to deal with all of that. But it was like, that's what God said to do. Luckily, he gave me a place to go. Right, I wasn't like Abraham, but still, you had people like, why? Why? Why are you doing that? Why are you living that? Why? why? Right? I remember giving my life to, back to Jesus. I rededicated my life and said, man, I'm going to follow whatever you want. Friends, why? Why? Do you, why? Because I know it sounds crazy, but man, I know this, this, this Savior. I know Jesus died for me. And so we have to get to that point where we're just, man, we're stepping out in faith, right? And we have this opportunity then when we step out in faith to build endurance, okay? The second point, this is what Abraham did. Not only did he step out in faith, he strengthened his faith or strengthen your faith. It's a point number two. Strengthen your faith. So it wasn't just him saying, okay, I'm gonna go. And we're gonna we're gonna go, and 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 his wife is like, Oh, yeah, let's go. And everyone had lots of, yeah, let's go. Where are we going? I don't know. Right? I'm sure that there were times when people came or or situations arose that it was like, Why are we doing this? Why? Yet, see, Abraham strengthened his faith. We we know this because Abraham made some mistakes, he's not perfect. Neither are we, right? But man, it's amazing to me that, you know, you look at the account in Genesis, but then you get to Romans and you also get to uh, Hebrews where, man, kind of like his epitaph for his, man, he was a great man of faith. Yeah, but he messed up. Yeah, but he was a great man of faith. Yeah, but he did it. Yeah, but he was a great man of faith. So that tells me I can mess up sometimes trying to just do the thinking, well, uh, you know, but man, God can still use me. And say, yeah, but he was still a great man of faith. Because I'm correcting myself, right? I'm putting myself back in this position. Romans tells us this. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, I'm going to read an excerpt right here from the book God Swears, okay? And I I tell, hopefully this gives some clarification. This this, this is what the book says. This means that long before God's promise came to pass, Abraham began giving God glory for bringing it to pass. Did you hear that? It hadn't come to pass yet. But all of a sudden, somewhere that his faith got built up enough to where he was already thanking God that it's already going to come to pass. Right, So you might be praying for, you know, Uncle Billy or Uncle Bo Joe or whatever, Bo, or whatever, or whoever it is. And man, you haven't seen it. Well, when have you started thanking God that it's going to come to pass? When you say, God, man, I haven't seen it yet, but you know what? I know you love Billy. I know, and I'm standing and praying and believing God, right? And I'm not going to back off of it. Sorry. And the devil goes, yeah, good luck with that. You know how stubborn they are? You know how opinionated they are? You know how intellectual they are? And you just look right back and go, no, I ain't budging. I'm believing that he's, they're going to be saved. Right? So, again, he started, Abraham began giving God glory for bringing it to pass. And while giving God glory, his own words, which rehearsed, The promises of God and no doubt the blood covenant strengthened his faith until he became fully convinced. He was rehearsing the promises of God. He was speaking and rehearsing the promises of God. Then it says his faith until he became fully convinced. Sometimes we got to fully convince ourselves, But see, we give up early. We kinda we kind of move off of it because we're not seeing it quickly. And and then he was in the right position to receive the fulfillment of God's promises. Because he wasn't backing off. He was fully convinced. And, and 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 then he was in the right position to receive God's promises. Now I wonder how many times did Abraham have to talk to himself? have to remind himself and rehearse what what God had spoken to him. How many times? I think it was a lot. I don't think it was maybe 10. I don't think it was 100. Because if, if you look at it, he didn't get the promise of a son until 25 years later. 25 years of rehearsing and talking about God's word and the promises of God's word and and speaking God's word and thanking God and praising God. 25 years. Have you ever done that in in your lifetime? You're all, you know, man, Pastor Scott, don't tell anybody, but uh, uh, I'm younger than 25, right? But man, 25 years until the promise came to pass. And here he had to do was rehearse and, and keep going. And he had this endurance. Because he was actually strengthening himself. Right? But I think 99% of us kind of just back off after a while. I haven't seen it in a year. I haven't seen what I've been praying for. It's been seven years since the man I found out I was diabetic. And I'm still believing God for healing. I can't back off. I can't. I got to endure. I got to keep going after it. But see, 25 years of endurance, that's a long time, right? But see, you know what? The promise came to pass. So are we willing to go 25 years? Are we willing to go longer, right? That, that's, that's the real challenge for us. What, what, how, how, how far can you go? man. But see, that's, that's endurance. That's how I'm not, I'm not backing off this thing. You, you, you might have gotten saved when you were young, okay? You, you might have been seven years old, and now you're celebrating some anniversary of some year, right? But even 25 years from there, what, that's 32, right? Yeah, 32, 25 years. No one could talk you out of your salvation. So when we believe God, don't let anybody talk you out of what you believe God for. What God says is true. Right? We've got to lock in, we've got to strengthen our faith consistently. Like going to the gym, building muscle, you know, in order to get strong. We've got to be able to be locked in to what God has promised and position ourselves, Endure, right? Without wavering or, or flinching. No matter what you see in the natural. No matter what you see in the natural. If you believe that God said it, if you believe that God said it's true, if you believe that God said you can be healed, then don't flinch off of that. Stay with it. Keep, keep going. Don't back down. And with those scriptures, you can lock in this too. Lock in some of these scriptures like this, right? Because this way it can help build your endurance. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, and we've read this before, for all the promises of God find their yes in Him. That is why it is through Him that we utter our amen, so be it, to God for his glory. Now, these promises are for everyone. They're not limited, right? But see, we got to understand, I'm going to lock this in. You said, this is what you promised. Therefore, I'm going to say yes and amen to it. And I, and I know that, it, that it's going to happen. I don't know When? Right? I have absolutely no idea, but I believe it's going to happen. First John 5, 14 through 15 says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. What's his will? God's word, God's promise. That's his will. So if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, You got to know that. You got to know he hears you. Because sometimes we think, well, I I don't really know if God hears my prayers. I don't really know if he's he's listening. Oh, he's listening. He hears you. But man, you know what? I think even more, man, a radar gets like plugged in even more when, man, we start praying his word, his promise. That when we're locked into that, God, this is what you said. I'm just reminding you of what you said. And God's like, I like that. Keep reminding me. Keep, keep, keep it up. Okay? But He says, We know that He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of Him. Man, that's right there, that's faith, isn't it? To say, Man, I prayed your will, I prayed what you said. Now, I'm going to believe that I'm going to have what I, I prayed because I've asked according to your will. And then I'm just going to keep walking in it. Even when the enemy comes. This says, well, Pastor Scott, I don't know if that's really going to work for you. Then, right, so we're locked into that. Then, just as Abraham did. Now, I don't know for sure I wasn't there, but this is what I'm assuming out of reading what the Scripture said. Right, it said that Abraham God gave God glory. Right, he, he 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 was praising Him for the answer to the promise. Twenty-five years, right? I mean, he didn't have a Jesus culture CD, right? He didn't have a passion or a uh, um, elevation CD, but you know what he did. You still praise God anyways, right? Let me, let me share the scripture with you because, man, I, I, I read it, and then I read it in the Passion Translation, and I was just like fired up, okay? Sometimes it's okay for Pastor Scott to be fired up, right? Yeah, okay. Anyways, Psalm 8.2, okay? Psalm 8.2 in the Passion Translation says this. You have built a stronghold by the songs of children. You know what, remember what a stronghold is? That's a thing within our mind, right? They're the things that the enemy or God can build, that there is hard, hard to penetrate. Worship, right? We're going to read this, helps build strongholds in your mind. Okay? It says, You have built a stronghold by the songs of children. Aren't we his children? Amen. Strength rises up within the chorus of infants. Now, I might be kind of stretching this a little bit, but I'm taking infants, not only just where we are the children, but also the fact that, man, maybe baby Christians, when they start to praise the Lord, strength rises up. That's what I want you to get. Strength rises up with the chorus of infants. Now, listen, this kind of praise has power to shut shut Satan's mouth. So when you, when, when you get your mixtape on or of your worship songs or whatever it is and you start praising, right? The enemy is silent because you're praising. It shuts Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Does the devil oppose you? Yeah. Maybe your, your, your friends or your parents or whoever, do they oppose you? Could. But man, there's something about praise and worship. There's something about putting that on and you begin to get in your place and you give God glory. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm believing just like that scripture says, it shuts Satan up. So when the enemy would come and say, hey, Abraham, guess what? It hasn't happened you haven't seen the promise yet, Abraham was able to say, you know what? I don't care. I give God the glory. I praise him. I worship him. I thank you. And maybe he sang some song that, man, we don't even know what it is. Well, maybe when we get to heaven, it'll be playing on the loudspeaker, right? But he gave worship to the Lord. So a robust mix of God's word and praise will strengthen you and remind you of God's faithfulness. And you know what? God's word and praise, man, you just got to keep it going until you see the promise. And then once you get the promise, then you worship him for that as well. Okay? And the very last one, why do we need to step out when we step out of faith and then, be, you know, why do we need to be strengthened? Because we need to fight in faith. Okay? There is going to be a fight that takes place. Right, so in addition to being patient and having patient endurance, the New Testament also teaches that attaining God's promises will require a fight. It will require a fight. Now, the second way "hupomeno" was used, it was a military term. Okay which describes soldiers who were ordered to maintain their position even in the face of fierce combat. No matter how intense the fight was, they had orders to stay there and survive the attack, hold their position until the enemy realizes they could not be defeated and decided to leave. See, oftentimes what we do is we don't maintain our position. So the enemy keeps coming and he keeps coming and he keeps coming and we flinch and we kind of get off our endurance a little, right? Matthew eleven twelve says this, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. So in other words, from the time John the Baptist first announced that the kingdom of God returned to reclaim God's rule a violent struggle ensued. But see, those who are willing to forcefully engage will take it by force, right? We fight from victory. But the violent take it by force. And that word is harpazo, which is an extremely strong and aggressive word containing passion and urgency, but also action, okay? It depicts something being forcefully snatched from a dangerous situation or seized from a threatening enemy. Now, Colossians 1.3 says this, that, that God, that Jesus, right? He delivered us. That word delivered is harpazo. He snatched us from the power of darkness. He grabbed a hold of us, by the collar or whatever, but he snatched you out of darkness into his marvelous light, right? Living in sin is, is dangerous. But see, when we gave our, our hearts to the man, he snatched us out of darkness and put you in your rightful place in light. Paul uses it when referring to the rapture of the church, right? When, when we get removed from this jacked up world. He says, then we who are alive who are left, will be caught up. That word, harpezo. Right? In a twinkling of an eye. You're gone. You're in heaven. Together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So the promises of God are not automatic, and they must be forcefully possessed from the God of this world. Who's the God of this world? Our enemy, Satan right? And his job is to make sure that you don't get what God has promised. He fights, right? He tries to hold that back from happening. But see, if we take our rightful position and we begin to take it by force, then you know what? He's going to back down. And all of a sudden, you'll see the promises come. It says this in Matthew 16, 18, a little, the next verse, it says, I will build my church That's the people, not the building. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church is not on the defense. We as children of God are not on the defense. When are we going to get to the point where we're on on the offense? When we're aggressive. When we're moving forward, right? God sees the church as an army. Who is kicking open those gates and tearing down those walls, right? So shall not prevail is a picture of a struggle in which one uh, with superior strength overpowers his opponent. Now, we have to understand that by what Jesus did, then we can stand on the promises of God, right? I mean, 1 John 4, 4 tells us greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Who's in the world? The enemy, but greater is he, the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus. We're greater. Yeah, we cower back sometimes. Romans 8.37 says, we are more than conquerors to him who love us, right? We're more than conquerors. That's more than you conquer. You conquer more, right? 1 Timothy 6.11 and 12 says, but as for you, O man of God or woman of God, Verse 12, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Take hold means to take possession of something by seizure. Right? So you're, 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 you're taking possession of God's word and you're clutching it and not letting it go for any reason. I'm not letting it go right? And then what you do is once you get God's word and what God's word has to say about the situation, then you begin to declare over your circumstances, over your situation, according to what he promised, that's fighting in faith, right? But let me give you something though. You can tell if you're fighting in faith. If your words speak contrary to God's promise, you're not fighting in faith. So just you can use that. Okay, what just came out of my mouth is contrary to God's word. I'm not fighting in faith. But man, if you're speaking what God, God said, God promised, then you know what? You're you're in that you're in that battleground. You're fighting the faith. So let me just give you this really quick and we're gonna wrap it up. So then who are we fighting when our endurance is challenged? Our mind our mind. It's an internal battle to maintain the confidence in God's word. We battle the effects and experiences when living in a fallen world. Now, this is all in your book, so I'm not going to give you scriptures to go with it, but we battle the effects and the experiences when living in a fallen world. So it's all around us. We battle the attacks, the accusations, and temptation of the enemy trying to breach our covenant. He wants to get you off target. And we battle the internal arguments of our own unrenewed mind and undisciplined flesh. That's what we battle. But see, the thing we have to understand is God has so much more to say about this. I'm just giving you kind of a little little thing here. And if you want to go deeper in the workbook, there's kind of an appendix. I think it's like page 30. that you can do more study after this, right? But let me sum it up. You and, I are ha- you and I are to have and walk in endurance because we have become thoroughly convinced, right? We're walking in endurance because we've become thoroughly convinced that we are under a covenant contract with God one in which he swore by. Now, I'm just going to read you this very last portion of Scripture. But I want to read it. I want you to hear it from, from my, my heart, from a pastor's heart. Okay? And I, and I felt it was appropriate to leave this one at the very end. But I, I, like I said, this is my heart as a pastor for you. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. Says this, but we, or I'm gonna put me in it, but I long to see you passionately advance until the end and you find hope fulfilled. That's my heart for you. So don't allow your hearts to grow dull or lose your enthusiasm. But follow the example of those who fully received what God has promised because of their strong faith and patient endurance. That's my heart. That's the heart of of a pastor. Man, we want to see you grow in every area of your life. And it's just taking and applying and, and working and allowing the Holy Spirit to move in our life in such a way that, man, it's just changing us and, and reformatting us and, and, and doing whatever is necessary. But, but but here's the deal: don't lose your endurance. When you step out in faith, realize you're gonna have to strengthen that faith daily. Through God's word. Through worship, because you got to realize you're in a fight because the enemy's going to come and he's going to try to hold back that promise from coming to pass. He's going to hold back Uncle Fred or whatever his name was. I can't remember. I've used so many names. Uncle Fred, he's not going to quit. He wants Uncle Fred not to have Jesus in his life. I, I honestly believe I'm a byproduct. Of a family who prayed. Of a grandma. Possibly a great grandma. Possibly an even greater grandma. Or a grandpa. I feel like I'm a byproduct of that. Because you know what? They endured. They said, no. We're going to believe for the salvation of our family. From generation to generation to generation. And they didn't give up. So don't give up on those things that you're believing God for. Don't give up on those promises you feel like God has spoken to your heart. Don't give up. Strengthen yourself. Strength to rehearse, talk. Because that's that's what God needs us to do. And as a pastor, I want you to grow in that. I want you to get beyond where you're at right now and grow to greater lengths, the greater heights, the greater things. Bow your heads. Holy Spirit, thank you that your your presence is here. And you know where each one of us is at better than I do. And I thank you, Holy Spirit. That you'll, you'll build in us endurance, that we'll be reminded that we're going to keep having to strengthen our faith, strengthen our endurance for the fights that we're in, for the things that we're believing you for. Because you're a covenant God and you promised you would, but man, you know what? We've got to do our part. It's not that You're not the genie in the bottle where all we got to do is rub it when we come on a Sunday and boom, there it is. The answer's there. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. And so I, I thank you, Lord, that you would give us courageous faith To start believing you. Courageous faith. Not religious faith but courageous faith that is so radical and so just, man, oh my gosh, just off the charts, believing, just like Abraham, having no idea where he was going. But he just said, yeah, man, I'm going because you told me to. I'm doing what, doing what you told me to do. I'm believing for what you believe, told me to believe for. I thank you that, Lord, inside of this con- congregation, these people and those who call C- Catawba their home, that you would build such a radical faith inside of them because they they know for a fact that you keep your word, you are integrous to your word and you do not lie. Build that in us, Holy Spirit. Don't let a day go by where we don't remember that. Don't let a day go by where we don't look and say, man, no, I need courageous faith. I need courageous faith to just go out and then do the things you've promised. And so I thank you for the work you're doing inside of us internally. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for you know, giving us the ability to have endurance and patience through all things. You're so good to us. And I thank you for that goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I have been blessed by just the fact that you are here today.